H E U U O What the hell is going on? S T O Ah, I see what's happening here. That was Tom saying hello, Stuart, in uh, phonics. It was. Uh, well done, Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> in just phoneme sounds. Uh, yes. is, that, is that right, Tom? That is right, um, I believe. Yes, yes. So because, hello, Stuart. Uh, yes, and, and, and hello to you as well. Uh, and mm. is that because you... You know how to do these because your kids uh, were taught how to read using phonics. They were, school, they were. Right? It, it, yeah. they, and it, it takes a bit of retraining of your mind as the person doing the reading with them when they're like four and five. They, they, you, you're, you're, you want, you don't want to say the, the sound that you're supposed to make for for an L is ooh. So there's no sort of there's no sort of you, you naturally want to say l and pronounce the vowel as well, but yes, it's, it's not. Yes, ooh. but that's and you, uh, yeah, right. and you have to blend it. Then the kids have to blend it together. And honestly, it, it's. It's one of those things that's just agony and screaming, no, I don't like it, don't like it, don't want to do it. And then eventually it just clicks and then they're reading like, uh, Jaxie Person novels very happily and it's fine, you know. Well, that, did you say Jaxie Person? Uh, instead of Percy no, Jackson. I, I, God, sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to, but I, it's, it is Percy Jackson. And I, I've, I've, as a joke, I've always called it Jackie Person. Oh, no, right. It, I thought that was a genuine No, no, no. I've, I've all, there, it's yeah, my way of... Your, uh, they, read Harry, they read they like Harry Potter and Percy Jackson, and I call them Harry right. Bottom and Jackie Person. And, right. and, <laughs> so, which obviously endears me to them enormously. I bet. Uh, I bet they absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, today, exactly. uh, on the study show, uh, to which you are well, very welcome... We're going to be talking about learning to read. We're going to be talking about phonics and the reading wars and why some scientists absolutely hate each other um, on the basis of this issue. But uh, yeah, yeah. my name's Stuart Ritchie. I'm a science writer at The Eye. And I'm Tom Chivers. I'm a science writer at Semaphore. And uh, just to say before we start, if you've been enjoying these podcasts, we've been certainly enjoying uh, making them. So uh, there's loads more to come. And we'd love it if you subscribed. So you can put your email address in at thestudyshowpod.com to get a a, a weekly update um, when we put out a new episode. Uh, And uh, if you're feeling even more generous, you can actually become a paid subscriber at various different levels and you get access to our uh, paid-only episodes, uh, of which there's another one coming very soon. So, um, Tom, it's kind of it's almost too obvious to say that learning to read is very important and very good and a desirable goal uh, for, for, for kids because it opens up a whole world of like, jobs and makes your life easier and allows you to participate properly in society. You've written about this, uh, Tom, about how uh, why reading became such a big deal in, in society. Yeah, uh, so I, I, I wrote about it in context of maths being important nowadays, but the, yeah. um, the, the, the thing was in sort of 1860s and 1870s there were various um openings up of the of the franchise in the uk making more people able to vote and various politicians i forget his name now but there was one there was lord someone of something uh, robert lowe i think his name was um after the passing of the reform act in 1867 said look Basically, we need we now need to start educating the population. I was against this opening up of the of the franchise for this reason that most of the people who are going to be voting can't read, don't know what's going on, and right. it's and it's, it's actually quite a bad idea to put power. But no, no, we have opened up. We should yeah, exactly we should now get we have we then will have to do yeah. this. So what is it, Fred? It's absolutely necessary to compel our future masters to learn their letters. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the, so yeah. Where and you know the point I was making in the piece was that. Nowadays, you get your, it's not just numer- uh, literacy that's important, but numeracy. But it was definitely true, right? You, you can't yeah. really understand, you can't really participate in a democratic society 
if you can't read the newspapers to learn what the government is doing. I think that's yeah, sort of fundamental yeah. thing. And 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 uh, depending on how you get the statistics, there's one review uh, that will that will put in the show notes that says even in developed countries, it is estimated that approximately twenty percent of fifteen year olds do not attain a level of reading performance that allows them to participate effectively in life. Now that obviously depends on what you mean by you know participate effectively in life and and, and so on. But I think it's fairly uncontroversial that there's like a big chunk of kids who leave school without being able to read properly and so the big question is what is the best way to teach them hmm. um and the you know and it's not even like we're, we're not even talking here about uh, dyslexia which is a whole other topic which we should talk about we're talk- just talking about like normal range uh, reading ability kids who are you know have the potential to learn to read uh, and learn to read well but but there there are ways of help of, of of doing it or there may be ways of doing it that are better than others yeah i will say like that that uh, exactly what you're saying i suppose that the participate effectively in lifeline is is an ex, you know it hides a multitude of sins that because you know, actually 99 percent of the population british population now can read to some you know can are considered classed as literate according to our yeah. world and data and you compare that to like five percent in i don't know 1500 or something like that you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so there is we now have a much higher standard of what we consider being, you know, it used to be like they had to right, be able to sign. In life, exactly, yeah. yeah. You yeah. could perfectly effectively participate in 18th century life while not being able to write more than your name, but now it's not the same, and you need to do more. Well, it's like that. It's like that um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You know, like at yeah. the bottom, it's got like broadband. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Nowadays, nowadays yeah. the value broadband. Normally, it's like food, shelter, water. Uh, security but no broadband is there and yeah society yeah. is a different place uh, yes exactly that exactly that um so so uh, but what we're specifically going to be talking about is the debate over phonics versus mm-hmm. whole language instruction and this has been known as the reading wars um this has happened for maybe a few decades it's been known as the reading wars although actually if you go back in history you find people arguing about this there's an example in the 1840s about people, uh, educators arguing about how exactly to teach kids how to read and, and talking, you know, with quite similar, uh, um, talking about quite similar debates as we're having nowadays. But in the last few decades, it's been known as the reading wars. And it's a, it's a hugely contentious question, um, like a lot of educational uh, things. And it's nowhere near as simple as just two sides, because there's actually loads of different reading techniques that people have suggested over the years and some of them have overlap with you know partial overlap with some others and some don't overlap with others and some have like differences of emphasis rather than you know only doing some things and not others so there's it it is a much more complex topic than we're going to be able to talk about on this on this podcast but tom your kids have done phonics the first side of the reading war phonics or systematic phonics what is that all about so Okay, so systematic. I'd, I'd I'd always heard it called systematic synthetic phonics. So so, but it's about teaching. Well, but that systematic phonics is the that's the higher level thing, and then there's synthetic phonics and analytic phonics below that. They're they're uh... both diff, they're both versions of systematic phonics, but they're they are like systematic phonics is is the overall thing that it is. Okay, so as as I understand it, it's about teaching kids about um, to read by t- by having them look at the letters and the sounds of the, the, the letters make as the first thing you do so so rather than like teaching giving them entire words and sort of learning the meaning of the words you just learn what the, the, the like those sounds you, you so you learn to link that sort of two two vertical lines and a crossbar with the sound 
or yes. a, a, um, a a right angled shape with the sound, you know, that sort of thing. Right. And, yeah. and yeah. that is that 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 is just learning. So it's like decoding the the code of the language, you know, rather rather yeah. than sort of learning about meaning. And it's um it's systematic because you teach all these links in this sort of preordained sequence in this sort of systematic fashion, rather than learning different but different ways to learn different words as they come along and right. this i got this, this is also there's they teach them words that aren't words at all so things like um quemp or chom or sprawl or snush because <laughs> yes because yeah, kids are so, words exactly so the kids will learn you know so so they're not like being distracted by the meaning i suppose yeah, and yeah. Can, actually, can you can you see these can you see what these would make if you were able to read words you know if you and- they come up on a there's a there's a test which we'll, we'll come to called the phonics check that now all mm. kids in england do uh that these non-words are included on and uh, yeah exactly it's it's so that you 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 definitely haven't seen the word before because it's not really a word Hmm. but you but you're still asked to try and decode what it would what it would sound like um so it's a test of you know meaning free word decoding and decoding is the is the really fundamental thing about phonics uh, that's what you're learning to do um so specifically the the terms are that all those letters on the page um or, or groups of letters are called graphemes and then the sounds are phonemes which you know alone or in combination make up words and then you often see people in this discussion talk about grapheme phoneme correspondence which is that's the kind of backbone of of the of the phonics thing okay so and, and- so so let me see if i've got i've got the hang of this so the the little pictogram the the little image of the the, the one i was just talking about the two uh, the two vertical lines with a crossbar that's the that's the grapheme for the phoneme yes that sort of thing which we call the letter h but but we call both those things the letter h but but these guys divided up into the grapheme little rugby goalpost thing and um the phoneme is that is that is that this distinction yeah you can't like given that we're in an audio medium we can't say a grapheme like we can only say a phoneme but the graphemes are the things that are on the page yeah yeah And, and and so and so the idea is that you do that first that's the first mm. thing you do in reading. Before you start adding in uh, meaning to it, uh, mm. before you start doing morphemes, which is the next kind of level, um, morphemes are parts of words that actually have some meaning in them. So like dog is a morpheme. Okay. Um, suffixes like ing in walking are morphemes, like that sort okay, of thing. So they dog have, they and ing together would make dogging. Well, we certainly wouldn't want to have that, but I, don't, I wish I hadn't chosen that particular combination of... Uh, Carry on. And um, uh, the idea is we're talking about kids here, Tom. Um, Once kids are good at doing the decoding of graphemes and phonemes, then you can get them into uh, the morphemes and more more complex uh, stuff like that. Um, Obviously, you know, one thing people say when they talk about phonemes, grapheme phoneme correspondences, is that they point out irregular words. Yeah. Um, so obviously there are lots of regular words. The most famous one is yacht. Yep. Which if it was if you just if you just decoded it, you would say yacht or yacht. Yacht. Yeah. In Scotland, you would say yacht. Yeah. Or yacht. Yeah. Um, mm. But even some very common words are technically irregular. Like if you just spelled out the word the, then mm. you might say there, right? Yeah. Um, or even the word have, you would say have probably. Yeah. I mean, hello, um, that yeah. should be hello. Really, hello, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I would say uh, actually um, an interesting little link, having written, I used to get really interested in linguistics. And I got, for yeah. one of the things I got what, what really interested, they actually more common verbs at least 
are more likely to be irregular than less common ones because huh. if we don't know the the the, the, the a, a verb has an irregular past tense then we just fill it in by analogy from other things we learn so so you, right. if you if you speak to children my my kids used to say holded a lot and runned mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know but then they learn then they hear the held ran past participles and they fill them in and so then they yes. sort of play, yeah. take the place in the in their sort of index of words gotcha. but if you don't hear the irregular ones very often bequeath has a, it used to have in in sort of middle english or late early modern english or bequeath bequoth climb clomb um these are the past tenses and shriek used to the, the the past tense of shriek used to be shrite but no one wow no one ever heard those things so no one yeah. hears those things so when they when they analogize to bequeath bequeathed climb climbed shriek shrieked there's no there's no no they never don't hear the alternative enough to replace it so it's right. just so that the old form gets lost that's great. Uh, and yeah. you, know, you can use that in comedy. Like you can say an old sounding word. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it I bequoth like him. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, there's, a great, there's a great list on Wiktionary about uh, for, yeah, put it English formerly regular in verbs. Yeah. And, uh, I was reading it before. before this. It's great fun. But yes. Um, yeah. Sorry. I, I interrupted you there enormously. So I do carry no, on. Well, no, I was just a little tangent on irregular words. And so, some mm. people who sort of denigrate the idea of phonics talk about. Um, these irregular words and they, they they point to that you know that meme about how you can spell the word fish as g-h-o-t-i you, you know yeah. you know that which uh, i'd always thought was um from uh george bernard shaw but actually he it, it, it apparently wasn't him came up with it it's one of these misattributed yeah, quotes yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's loads of things that are misattributed to him and mark twain and but the worst one is obviously the worst one is einstein like whenever yeah. you see something that apparently einstein said he probably didn't say it yeah and dorothy l sayers who's someone i know of, know of, uh, know nothing about dorothy l sayers except that she said loads of things she probably didn't say. Quotes, I, 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 yeah, don't, yeah. I don't know who Good she aphorisms. is <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, um, but anyway the, the the idea is that like if you take the gh from the word enough and the o from the word woman and the ti from the word nation then you can spell fish as gh like f mm. o yeah. and then and then ti sh which like yes i mean you, you can't the, though the, because they, they it's don't, a funny they joke happen. but you wouldn't ever do yeah. that right because the because yeah. the gh only ever goes only ever means f on the end of a word word following it, a, right, a, right. O, U, G, o, o u g h that's a very specific because morphemes thing, but... have have some some rules like that which you can pick up over time yeah, and, and nation what, and, and, only ever comes before uh, in, in as a sort of at the end of a well in the middle of a word like that. You couldn't have, you couldn't right. do it. Yeah, anyway, and that's why the G H O T I fish thing is it's funny because it's because it's uh, out, it, it yeah. doesn't make sense. Like it's pointing out silly things about the language, but it would never actually happen. Um, and actually, even like people who advocate phonics say that yes, there are irregular words. We totally agree with that. And to quote one review. The judicious selection of a small number of sight words for children to study in detail has its place in the classroom alongside phonics. So they're not saying that, like, you know, you're just going to have to be baffled by these uh, irregular words or mm. learn them later or something. It's that, it's that you, you can learn them at the same time as you're learning phonics. You can be told, especially things for like the word the and things like that. You're going you're gonna to have to you're going to have to uh, learn those at the same time. So basically, the strategy is to learn decoding for regular words and then a bit of rote memorization 
of some irregular words at the same time. So that's, that's what you have. To, that's what you have to do with every. Like, it seems exactly the same as like learning. Do you, when did you learn uh, foreign? You must have learned, what you must have learned some foreign languages at school and yes. read, read French and German, and uh, you probably yeah. did English. You know, um, and that's a joke <laughs> about you being Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, and, and and they obviously they teach you the French verbs, but they also teach you that some of them are, regu- are irregular yes. and you just yeah, have yeah. to like, these ones, you're just going to have to learn them. Sorry, mate. You know, yeah. that's just, that's just yeah. how it goes. And they so, do that, but yeah. for younger kids, I guess. Yeah. Um, the, the trick is to learn a, a, a language that doesn't have that many irregular uh, words. Is that why you're learning uh, Japanese? Japanese is good. Um, but also Spanish is another one that's much yeah. more Swahili, transparent. Apparently very apparently oh, yeah? Swahili, Swahili is extremely straightforward and right, logical. Right. Um, a linguist right. once told me, but uh, right. I have no idea if he's telling, he might've just been taking the piss. I don't know. But you know. So that was uh, meant to be, we had a little bit of a tangent there, but that was meant to be our uh, summary of the first side in the reading wars, which is systematic phonics. Now, what about the second side, uh, whole language uh, learning? How, how does that work? Uh, okay, so I mean, it happened before my kids ever did it, so I'm, you know, piecing this together from uh, other things. But yeah, it's it's the opposite, basically. There's no attempt, attempt, uh, systematic attempt to teach this correlation between graphemes, gra- graphemes and phonemes, graphemes and phonemes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and instead, kids read and listen and sort of talk and generally learn to recognise whole words and how they're used in like in context in sort of. I guess you call it a holistic fashion. Mm. Um, Tour strategies to work that out what a nice. word is. I like the word holistic. Yeah. It, like, like I don't know exactly. You know? I, 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 actually, yeah, I actually hate. I hate all attempts to make like things that describe themselves as holistic. I think <laughs> you're yeah. trying to say I'm, we're not going to try and understand this. You know, but we're yeah, just going to say yeah, let's yeah. Hold, take the whole thing. Okay, but anyway, anyway that's, that, that's now we're segueing again or di- diver, um, diverging again. Yes, uh, but yeah, so it's not. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's, so it's not it's not that they totally don't use phonics but they only use phonics when you couldn't otherwise guess a word from the from the context like in a sentence so in, so it's whereas phonics is a systematic system they have a they have sort of a method for going through this is this is uh unsystematic it's about unsystematic phonics the, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah yeah it's about guessing yeah. what the word is and sort of trying to trying to get more and more educated about and getting more experience about guessing what words are from i guess from the shape and the context and stuff like that yeah yeah i i, um, I, I think you know guessing sounds like a bad thing because you don't want mm. to guess but actually like the, the, some of the proponents of whole language learning have said that it's like a psycholinguistic guessing game is what one of the big proponents says. Um, he thinks that re- that's that's what reading is, um, mm. and uh, um, you're just making more and more educated guesses at, at what those words are. The more you learn to read, and the better you get at reading. And um, I mean, they, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the idea is that you, you you get much more meaning than that. Um, they often proponents of whole language learning often are quite negative about phonics. They say that it sort of sucks all the meaning out of learning to read, and kids are just barking at print. Is is one of the phrases that you see quite <laughs> often, um, rather than like actually really understanding and like and, uh, when they're reading the uh, um, things and. And yeah, so so those are the, those are basically the two sides. Um, now, if, you know, if you ask people what the scientific consensus is on that, and this is this is the real fundamental question: like, what does the science actually? What do the studies show? You could even ask. Yes, yes, you could ask that uh, yeah. ab- about whether systematic phonics or whole language learning with some unsystematic phonics is the best way to to teach kids how to read. Right. That's that's right. the that's that's the, the our fundamental question, and. You hear all the time 
that the current scientific consensus is that systematic phonics is the best way to do it, right? That is, you, you see it all the time. So there's a there's a 2018 review, which is actually a really good um, and really clearly written summary of the reading wars and puts in loads of context that goes way beyond the stuff that we can talk about here. Um, so here's a few quotes from that. Uh, quote, these reviews have revealed a strong scientific consensus around the importance of phonics instruction in the initial stages of learning to read. Um, another, another quote, it will be clear from our review so far that there is strong scientific consensus on the effectiveness of systematic phonics instruction during the initial periods of reading instruction. Uh, and they also say that it is necessary and non-negotiable to appreciate the relationship between uh, graphemes and phonemes when you're, when you're learning to read. So and you, and it's not just them that's 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 something you see very regularly that, that, yeah. that science tells us that phonics is the best way to read it is something i've and, also heard from educational researchers a couple of times i think i'd said in a sort of backhanded i'd sort of vaguely assumed that the evidence was pretty weak because evidence in everything to do with education is generally pretty weak and they said no actually <laughs> this is the, this is the one where there is pretty solid evidence and it's not like well growth mindset or something like that so well, I, i'd very much before let's, but, let's yeah, see tom let's see yeah. that well exactly but <laughs> just, just just to sort of say that before we, we um embarked on this particular one i had very much got it in my head that you know this is one of the ones where this evidence is actually quite solid and uh, you know so so I, I look forward to having all my so certainty. had i yes so had i yeah. uh, uh that's all about to come tumbling down tom but oh, um, just to say so um th- so there was a review done by the government the uk government that is in mm. 2006 the rose report um uh and it was a government commissioned review on all the evidence it, it reviewed hundreds of studies um on different you know reading techniques and strategies to, mm. to, to teach kids and the conclusion was that quote the knowledge skills and understanding that constitute high quality phonic work should be taught as the prime approach in learning to decode and uh, that is to read and encode that is mm-hmm. to write and spell uh print so okay. uh and they, it's not that they said that was the only thing but it's just that that should be the prime that's like the first thing that you do when you when you uh and the most important thing that you do when you teach uh, can i just say read. can i just say though that calling reading decoding and calling writing encoding is very annoying. Like it's fine. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I just like call it reading. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, I guess I, I guess you're trying to spec- be specific that you're not le- learning to read in this holistic sense. You are literally just learning to link the sounds and the and the images. You know, the, yeah. The, it's emphasizing that it's a kind of a, a cryptographic thing that you're doing. Like, yeah, and, and I, it is I get to some that. extent. Like we're seeing all these little symbols and we're sort of instantly translating them in our heads into like. But I, I know what you mean. It is. It's slightly. Yeah. Yeah, just say reading it's just writing. A bit, it's like, like, it's a bit yeah. like yeah, exactly. But it's, yeah, and, and I guess I guess they have their reasons, and I don't want to be too poo-pooing about it. But <laughs> yes, it, yeah. it annoys me. Anyway, carry on, carry on. Anyway, that review is the reason that your kids have done uh, systematic phonics at school because mm. um, the year after the review came out, two thousand seven, the um, the UK government legally mandated phonics teaching in you know all state-run schools in in England, yeah. um, and then. It, from 2012 onwards, there's a phonics check, yeah. um, which is a test I mentioned briefly earlier, um, which is a test where every child, when they're yeah. five or six, they have to read 40 words and non-words aloud to a teacher. And if they get, I think if they get fewer than 32 correct, then they like haven't re- haven't met the standard and they need extra help. That's the That's the idea. I remember my have kids both. Kids, well, certainly, I remember my my kids. I remember them reading. Now you now we talk about it. I remember them reading weird non-words and that being 
a way of testing. I hadn't thought about it for ages, but yeah, because yeah, yeah. my kids are the now phonics check. Yeah. yeah, they're in year five um, and three, so they're pretty. They're, they're past all this stuff. Um, uh, yeah, 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 it's, it, been, it's it, been a while. Um, well, yeah. So that's that's the that's the current state of affairs in in UK. Not well, sorry, not in UK schools. Uh, actually, just in English schools. I'm not actually quite sure how uh, it's done um, in Scotland and mm. Wales. I know it's not done in, in Northern Ireland because um, that comes into it later on. Um, a lot of teachers hate the phonics check. By the way, they say that they find the non-words confusing and they find it weird that you would try to get kids to read words that aren't really words. I think that's kind yeah. of missing the point, though. No, I think um, so too. I think, yeah, I mean, it just, it's a word, it's a way of checking. It's a reasonable way of checking that they understand how the yeah, yeah. things put together. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't seem, doesn't seem stupid to me, it, you know, and if you I've can't also seen read some, the word some... chom. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. Then possibly it is, I don't you know, maybe for, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't mock, but like it, that, that, that does seem like a, 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 a useful skill to be able to say, because you'll come across words you don't know and, putting showing you can put the sounds together seems like a good yeah. i don't know it seems sensible to me the context doesn't always help you uh yeah mm. um i've seen some people say that even though they agree the, with the the phonics idea that the specific phonics check thing is actually not necessary um because it correlates really strongly with teachers evaluations of how kids are reading anyway so maybe we don't specifically need it but again i you know it, it, i don't think it's as long as it's not done in a sort of um you know, your whole life is going to be ruined if you fail this test, sort of way. Yeah, or um, you're mocked for for like, oh, I yeah. can't even read the word chom, you complete dugger. You know that sort of stuff. Like, you that, complete that, chom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> chom. Yeah, enough. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, that doesn't seem. Yes. It seems perfectly fine to me. But yeah, anyway, yeah, carry on. Yeah. Carry but on. anyway, that's the current situation. So you know, one reading researcher is um, Kathy Russell, who is at. Uh, or do you, do you maybe pronounce the T? There's an irregular word. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a, a mutual of hers on Twitter. I'm a big fan of her research. Um, she's at Royal Holloway. She says that uh, the screen, the, that's the, the phonics screening the phonics check, uh, yeah. check um, has also driven dramatic improvements in people's phonics knowledge. So since 2012, the percentage of year one pupils in England um, meeting the expected standard has risen from 58 to 82%, with 92 now meeting it by year two. And these gains reflect hundreds of thousands of additional children each year that have the foundations to become successful readers. So reading researchers endorse the, the phonics check as well and endorse the, what the government is doing uh, with that. And in any case, there are 12 different meta-analyses that have been published um, that people point to with experimental evidence that phonics is the best way to teach reading. And right? if that the studies is- show has shown us anything then it is that meta-analyses can always be trusted and that psychic powers are real. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Because if you yeah. just accept that meta-analyses are, uh, are are true, then you do end up believing in, you know, psychic powers. precognition and ESP yeah. and things like that. So, um, and this is this is where the real, uh, uh, the, the current war comes into it. The beef. The current the part bull, of the reading uh, wars. F comes in. Yeah. R-er comes into it yes um uh a skeptical researcher uh jeffrey bowers who is Mm -hmm. a psychologist at bristol university Mm -hmm. um again a mutual of mine on twitter uh uh i we used to argue about politics all the time i think it's fair to say we have different uh views on uh foreign policy i think it's fair to say um but uh i i do i do very very much respect um jeffrey and his work and he has 
I, in my view, made some extremely good points about the evidence for uh, phonics, which really has shaken my previous view on on how strong I thought the evidence was for this. This episode of The Study Show is brought to you by Works in Progress magazine. Uh, They are at worksinprogress.co. They are a magazine of technological and scientific and generally human progress. Um, They publish... I guess you would say long form essays um, mm. on their on their on their site that are full of data and analysis and history and facts um, about ways to improve the human condition. And one of them, which you know, we were we were doing our mea culpa episode, and we mentioned that we had talked about some uh, talked about nuclear power on a previous episode. And I think we haven't mentioned that there's an essay from uh, earlier this year in Works in Progress magazine by John Myers on nuclear power, and mm-hmm. the link between some of the problems with nuclear nuclear power and how it hasn't really lived up to its potential um, and policy and how we could change policy to at least try to give nuclear power a better go. And John Myers talks about how there might be ways of trying out policies that don't upset people. Like if we just said tomorrow, like we're just going to build loads of nuclear plants everywhere, that's going to upset people unnecessarily and it might not be the best way to to do things. But um, there might be some clever policy ways of being a bit more subtle about it, but actually allowing us to reach a sort of consensus where um, uh, perhaps some states in America try it and some don't uh, and so on. But we do end up getting more nuclear, which is really what we want. So um, there's a really interesting essay. It's called uh, Taming the Stars and it's in Works in Progress uh, magazine, worksinprogress.co. So we're very grateful uh, for them sponsoring uh, the study show. We are indeed. And um, the studies show is also sponsored by the I newspaper. It's a British newspaper. Um, obviously, it's a newspaper. Um, but yes, and th- this uh, this week, um, at the time of recording, there's a, a piece in it about the British TV series Ghosts, which is its final series is just it's just screening now and i i just don't imagine it's because the thing is with ghosts is it's lovely and heartwarming and gentle and sort of kind-hearted and all these things so i assume you hate it or haven't even not even come across it (laughs) Uh, i I have to say i've never watched it and i assume from the title that it would not be a gentle heartwarming thing and it would in fact be like at least about spies and maybe about paranormal entities it's about it's about paranormal entities it's about it's about a, a a young couple who move into um an old stately home i think and then it turns out that the young the woman in the couple is able to see that see ghosts you know ah, i, I right, see okay. dead people and then there's just this bunch of comic comedy ghosts there's one there's one char- character who's played by um ah oh, this a, a real classic british comedy actor whose name escapes me but he he, he turns up in like detectorists and everything like that and he's he's a plays a, a tory mp who i i think died in some suspicious slightly uh, autoerotic <laughs> right. situation. He's got. He's just right. so, so you know, they all learn the situation they died in. So he hasn't got any trousers on. Right. Um, right. And there's one. Who's and is this? Is it? Is it? Is it scary? Or is it? No, not at all. Not, no, it's, it's not extremely, played for no, horror. No, in no, any no way. it's extremely yeah. gentle and extremely kind-hearted. Right. And anyway, um, there's an interview with Matthew Bainton who plays this uh, lovelorn poet within it called Thomas Thorne. Um, huh. And he's he's just he's uh he's 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 just a lovely it's just a lovely he's just it's a nice interview with a nice guy I I, I know Matthew Bainton a little bit from 
from the, him living Ooh. near us. So I know. Well, I just like to drop that in. There, you know, well, yeah, um, yeah. name dropping. It's a terrible yes, thing course. to do. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, Mick no, Jagger no, once told me, was, uh, "I should yeah, never exactly. drop names." <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. He, he's also he's, you'd also you'd know him. He's in um, Horrible Histories a lot. He's a regular character ah. in Horrible Histories. As, Ghosts is done by the the Horrible Histories crew, really. And yeah, and this is a nice interview with a nice guy. And so uh, yeah. anyway, so there, there you and it's an example of what you can get uh, um, in the Eye. And you can subscribe to the Eye with a special money off deal if you go to inews.co.uk slash podcast, um, which is uh, the, the special link uh, from from here. And you can get from that, you can access not just uh, all the content in the newspaper, but also some of the subscriber only newsletters, including the one that I write uh, on a different scientific issue each week. So that's uh, a, a good reason to subscribe to the I. That's inews.co.uk slash podcast is where you can you can get the deal. Um, and we're very grateful that they support the show um, and the same with uh, Works in Progress magazine. So um, thank you to both of them. And now on with Back the show. The show. Jeffrey Bowers, uh, he wrote in 2020, he wrote an article called Reconsidering the Evidence that Systematic Phonics is More Effective Than Alternative Methods of Reading Instruction. And he's not trying to say that synthetic phonics is bad, like it's a rubbish way to learn. Like he, I don't think he talks about barking at print and hmm. all, that, all that sort of stuff. He's just saying that if you look at the evidence, like if you look closely at all the meta-analyses, it's not actually that clear um, that systematic phonics is, is particularly better than like other things that use unsystematic phonics, um, it, it, you know, more whole language uh, approaches. And he points to some statistical problems and he points to all sorts of other issues in these in these meta-analyses. And I have to say, uh, I found the arguments uh, pretty convincing. He was pretty painstaking, like he went through all these meta-analyses. And uh, also I should say, like he is a proponent of a, of a, a whole other method that's not even whole language. He, he, he has this thing called structured word inquiry, which I think he, even he admits there's not that much, like there's not that many studies done in it. Um, it's him and his brother that have developed this. So like it's not, and this isn't like a hidden conflict of interest or anything like that. But, a, I mean, it is, it, it is a conflict of interest. It's just not. It is a conflict of interest. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's not a. But it's not. He's not like it's now like someone like discovered. And, yeah. yeah, an investigative journalist discovered that. You know, he's he's saying like I am an I I think this method is is better. But yeah. we should take very seriously what he says about the uh, uh, about the evidence. So it's it's worth like, I suppose jumping in a bit. I know I do that all the time, and I'm sorry, but the it's it, the, no, the, it feels like fundamentally it's always going to be really messy because if you look you know for the last 50 or 100 years almost everyone in britain has been able to read you know so whatever yeah. was being taught before and whatever is being taught now fundamentally it spits out people who can read on right, the it can't whole, be that bad you know yeah. exactly and and yeah sure there'll be some percentage of people who suffer from dyslexia or just struggle or have you know don't get the support or whatever but on the whole we're going to be talking about small you know, no, a noisy data set with small, you know, so it's, it's, it's going to have to be, you know, like one of them ends up with 98% of people who can read instead of 99 or right. something, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. going to be very, very tricky to tease out the these things. So I, I'm, I'm not at all on one level surprised to learn it's, that it's not a brilliant, clear, lovely signal shouting through the yeah. noise, you know. But I think if you read and see the way people talk about phonics, Especially, I have to say, like the government counts this as one of their big successes. The you know the current Conservative Party in the UK, uh, current Conservative Party government, when they list you know successes that they've you know because they've been in power 
since 2010 they were in a coalition for a few years after that but like they've been one of the governing parties since 2010 and and that's one of the things that they did they instituted the phonics check and they say that that's one of their big successes and lots of academics agree with them that that that's one of their successes and you're right that you wouldn't think it would it would have you know perhaps that massive an effect and but but also this is where meta-analysis is really useful because you're not just looking at individual studies you're looking across all the evidence that's ever been published Mm -hmm. on on this question but the problem is there are lots of complexities there too and uh i think this is actually an interesting uh little lab to study where meta-analyses can be criticized because Again, you know, we said this in the parapsychology episode, people often view meta-analyses as like, well, there's a meta-analysis on it. Hmm. I'll, I'll cite that. Um, and that's what many, many people do. And yeah. so when Jeffrey Bowers went through these meta-analyses, and there's a, I mean, it, it's a long paper and it's, lo- it's got lots of detail in it. Um, but I just, here's a few points that occurred to, you know, that that, that jumped out when I, when I um, read through it. Hmm. There's a very famous meta-analysis from 2000 now obviously all the studies in that meta-analysis are now a quarter of a century old yep so maybe not the most convincing right now but that's been cited twenty four thousand times uh from the national reading panel it's called in the u.s and um the problem is that you know bowers goes through and he, lo- he looks at these studies and he points out that the effects are only studied across a few months Okay. So do you remember the do you remember the breastfeeding uh, thing? Yeah, that yeah, we yeah. Talked the, the um, uh, probit study. Yeah, the Belarus yeah. Bel- uh, Belarusian uh, breastfeeding study. Do go back to the like, um, the breastfeeding episode. Those of you who don't know what we're talking about. It's, yeah, uh, it was yeah. like episode number two or three or something. Mm-hmm. I think uh, of the of the study show. There were effects in the short term, but when they studied them X years later, actually there weren't any differences. Um, and yeah. and it in this in this case all the effects are over like four months and then there weren't any studies that went longer than that. Which is weird. Um, yeah. It's weird. It's an obvious yeah. thing to do. Like, yeah, surely exactly. you've got all these people's addresses. Why don't go and ask them to, to fill out, to write a short story or something. I don't know. Do a reading test. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, also had non-randomized studies. So there could be like unmeasured confounders in it. Um, it compared systematic phonics to a mixture of things, a mixture of control groups. So like some which had unsystematic phonics and whole language and some of which didn't have any phonics at all um okay. so you can't so, really say which is, is what it's better than you know you're saying it's better than a random selection of things some of which which aren't all like each other so this doesn't... is what he this is what he points out yeah. yeah um and in 2003 so three years later another meta-analyst came along and correctly like you know took only the ones that had unsystematic phonics and then made the comparison and the effect size in the original study which for statistics fans was a cohen's d of 0.41 um was cut in half so it went down to a cohen's d of or almost in half it went down to a cohen's d of of 0.24 um and then they came along i think in 2006 and did another analysis with like even better statistical uh, um, models yeah and um the effect wasn't even statistically significant in that case. It went down to an even smaller effect. So okay. basically, once you have the, the proper control group, and once you do the correct statistical analysis, or certainly you do a, a, different, a, yeah. a different statistical analysis, yeah. here's the problem, right? We're already seeing that the meta-analyses are... Like depending on how you, yeah, exactly. If 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 you like, well, like we said before in the studies show, you could do as all the statistical analysis you like on the different on the connection between smoking and cancer, and all of them 
would return yes smoking is correlated with cancer you couldn't you yeah, couldn't control that away or yeah you know yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure there are some really crazy things you could do but you know there's no <laughs> yeah. um it's a very it, robust effect exactly yeah exactly whereas whereas this is fragile to different analytical models and that makes you immediately go Ooh, so maybe it's not as yeah robust as strong as obvious a effect as we thought yeah yeah, and um, here's another example of where meta-analyses can get things uh, can get things wrong. So in 2006, there's another meta-analysis that only looks at the randomised studies, so only includes the ones where you know they, they made sure that there was actually balance between the conditions. It's not like they put all the clever kids in one condition and not all the clever kids in yeah. the other. Uh, it's more like uh, an RCT or, in medicine. So the, the proper right, exactly. what, what you think of when you think of a a, a scientific the gold standard yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah. first off they found that there was publication bias so there were more positive studies that favored um uh systematic phonics than you would expect even if systematic phonics really was uh beneficial or or the best techniques specifically you're more likely to find the 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 work the lower quality studies were more likely to find positive results than the higher quality studies that, that could that, that i'm not entirely sure the way they did it but that would be one way of, yeah. of, of finding that yeah but here's the thing i wanted to point out uh, and one thing that bowers points out is that mm. one of the studies that they included was a massive outlier it had an effect size of like again for statistical people uh a cohen's d of 2.69 like that's an enormous effect size yeah. that's bigger than the effect bigger than the difference between men and women in their height right yeah. so which is a very noticeable noticeable to the naked eye type difference. yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah. like there there aren't very many uh, in, in education you just don't get effects like that really on the whole like, right ex- from, exactly yeah exactly. apart from an early um, growth mindset ones which then disappear later on when people do the studies well indeed indeed see yeah. our growth mindset episode for that yes, exactly. um, but but yeah there, there just aren't very many psychological interventions regardless of what they are that have an effect as big as that um, so when they remove that effect, because they they saw that and the meta analysts saw that, and they were like, okay, let's run the analysis again without that, just in case there's something going mm-hmm. wrong there. And by the way, if you look at the study, the people that were doing the reading instruction in one group were like highly trained, and the people who were doing it in the control group were not, or it was something like that. It was yeah. like it wasn't a, a fair comparison. If you remove that, the effects become very borderline, like p equals point zero three or something, which I would not call strong evidence for uh, systematic phonics. Yeah. And there were various other quality issues that they pointed out. In 2012, there was another meta-analysis that had, you know, found fairly modest effects of systematic phonics. And people cite this, but the the control group it was comparing to was was no phonics at all, not unsystematic phonics. It was no phonics at all. Okay, so, so it's just I not, it's not what the argument is here. It's, I don't understand why people cite yeah. that. Yeah. Um, in 2014, there was another meta-analysis that found that phonic that looked at different reading interventions, uh, phonics um, uh, or, or systematic phonics and unsystematic ones, I think, and even like putting a coloured overlay over the uh, the text when you're reading it to see if it helps you uh, read better. Um, which, by the way, for anyone who's interested. My first ever scientific paper was published on on that. Did um, it work in two thousand eleven? No, it didn't. Weird. I, I published it would. a null. I, was, I found that very strange. Anyway, sorry. Published on, a yeah. null paper on my first uh, first paper. Just just so you know, starting as I very meant nimble. to. Yeah, yeah. But here's the point. Numerically, they found that systematic phonics had the highest effect size of all the different uh, things that they looked at, of all the different reading techniques. But they didn't test whether it was actually better than any, whether it was statistically significantly better than any of those other techniques. So it's just like, so you can't tell if it's just, there's no reason to think 
that you just know, and you'll get slightly randomly varying results from the groups of people, different groups of people exactly. you have. It might have just been there's, there's you you haven't got the strength of evidence that we normally expect to be able to say yeah. there is actually an effect here, rather than you just got a bit of random variation. With you can do those. Yeah. You you yeah. can do those analyses, like you run those statistics, but they, but they yeah. just didn't. So yeah. which is weird. very odd. So again, can't cite that on to support phonics. And then in 2016, there's a meta-analysis that that finds that there is publication bias, finds that there is this fade-out effect where um, longer longer follow-ups find smaller effects. Um, and according to Bowers, it doesn't do the proper comparison between systematic and unsystematic phonics anyway. Um, and he says it's striking that the long-term benefits of systematic phonics are so small despite various factors that should be expected to inflate the effect sizes so like Hmm. and overall like so and there are other things too like like he finds errors in some of the meta-analyses where he thinks that there were studies that should have been included in the meta-analyses that actually weren't um some of them mixed up english and non-english and you know um as we pointed out earlier some languages have a have a clearer correspondence between their graphemes and their phonemes than english so that that changes that biases the effects um and uh, um, to quote Bowers, um, systematic phonics was compared with a control condition that included both non-systematic phonics and non-phonics conditions or only included a non-phonics condition. So, like, I have to say, having seen this, if that's it, like, unless Bowers is not is missing a meta-analysis or something, which I strongly doubt that he is, it's one of the clearest examples I've ever seen of, like, a claimed scientific consensus where when you look when you dig into the evidence it really starts to crumble uh, to pieces um uh, to quote bowers there can be few areas in psychology in which the research community so consistently reaches a conclusion that is so at odds with the available evidence that's really interesting i uh, and you know obviously we we are not either of us experts on this but we have you know we have seen a lot of people making big claims on the back of meta-analyses before and then everyone getting very excited about things in education you know i'm not i'm i don't feel educated i don't feel knowledgeable enough to be able to say one way or another way it's true but and it's always a bit shocking when the uh, an entire sort of field gets things wrong but on the other hand this does happen we've seen it i mean i keep bringing up growth mindset because it's the one we talked about before and and it's educational relevant thing but that that really did take over the or at least got a lot of attention within within the educational research sphere, and I yeah. think is basically false. So it wouldn't I don't think this is it wouldn't completely shock me to learn that the educational research community had had overstated, overstated the evidence yeah, on yeah. this one as well. I suppose it is. It is funny that um, these things have different political valences, though. Like growth mindset, I think. I, I think it's more sort of denigrated by people who lean to the right, maybe. Uh, even though I think you could you could have a right wing sort of uh, interpretation of it because it's like roll your sleeves up and yeah, do hard work and that's up good. Your bootstraps sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I think generally people are like they they want to emphasize that because they see it as um, uh, in opposition to the more right wing view that uh, your talents are innate. You know, hmm. uh, that sort of thing. Um, whereas the phonics thing is very much like the phonics is associated with the right because it's because it's linked to the Conservative Party and they, they instituted it and so on. Is that and right, then, though? Because I'd have said, I'd have, you see, I'd, I, I don't know, this, this is maybe just uh, arguing over the vibes, but I'd, I'd have said, I'd have associated it with more of a 
left wing you know let's reform education the um you know don't need to just teach the three r's and learn by rote and stuff let's let's learn you know that i would have i think maybe maybe we're maybe we're being very reductive to try and say what side think what political yeah, I think, side I think things are but but i broadly see progressive education people um mm-hmm. being against phonics and more traditionalist education people being being pro uh i i would i would say okay interesting yeah that's my overall going on my own vibes i think yeah you know, yeah i don't want to you know tar anyone because of course like people are actually looking at the evidence and coming up with their, conclu- their conclusion of course but, of course yeah um so uh i think it's fair to say that um jeffrey would consider himself uh on the, of the left, left yeah uh, as well but uh that really is, is neither here nor there um of course, yeah. um so he's been criticized there have been several different uh critiques of his paper where he goes through all those meta-analyses uh that have come mm-hmm. out since uh, so that, that paper came out in 2020 and the, the debate is still going on like and there's incredible amounts of aggro here he's been criticized by all sorts of different uh, uh sort of educational psychology people and he's written again amazingly detailed rebuttals to their points um and I've got to say, having looked at them, and I'm not going to say that I've gone through every single meta-analysis and checked all the facts and figures, but I have to say that his rebuttals to their points do look very convincing. You know, there's a lot of stuff like blaming him for not comparing phonics to the right sort of control group, but actually that's that's a problem in the original studies. They didn't, you know, they didn't control, they didn't have a control group where it was unsystematic phonics. People point out that like, well, how... How can you say, you know, it's a mixture of things. So how can you say that that was definitely whole language techniques that they were comparing it to? It's like, well, but that's what he's saying. It's not his fault if things are a mess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's he's saying he's all he's saying is that the evidence isn't as strong as people say, and they're saying, ah, but the evidence isn't strong enough. And well, yes, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly My point. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, People point out other things like the the phonics check. The the phonics check was made mandatory in English schools in 2012, as we Mm -hmm. as we uh, have previously discussed. So one critic says there is good evidence that the phonics screen check played a significant role in England's improved performance in the most recent PIRLS assessment. So PIRLS, which is the um, Progress in, in International Reading Literacy Study. Is that part P-I-R-L-S. of PISA? Is that the same as the the PISA PISA scores? It's, it's not. It's not this. It's not the same thing. But it's 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 a similar sort of th- sort of idea, which is yeah, okay. um, so PISA does more than reading. Whereas yes, but I wondered if it was the, reading. the reading bits, the the reading bits of PISA. Because no, I don't think so. I think, okay. I think it's a separate thing. I think it's its own. Enough. It's its own thing. So it does it every five years. Um, and nine to ten year olds from I think sixty or so different countries have reading tests done. And obviously, it's it's tricky to compare between countries with entirely different languages um yeah. which as we've seen have different uh, levels of um uh grapheme phoneme correspondence i think yeah, fewer or more regular uses, verbs whatever yeah. yeah people the phrase people use is transparent orthographies uh so it is true that the English scores have gone up since the phonics check, the phonics check was introduced. So in 2011, it was 552 was the score on the test. I don't know what it was out of, but that was what the score was. Then in 2016, so after the phonics check, it went up to 559. So it's closed. Like that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, but if you look at the rankings of the countries, uh, England was eighth in the 2016 rankings, but fourth in the 2020 ones. So it seems like phonics is having this big this big effect. But Bowers points out, well, actually, the biggest improvement in the scores um, is actually between 2006 and 2011. So it predates the introduction of the phonics check. Okay. Um, 
so that's not a, not a, not a uh, particularly uh, impressive thing. Although I, I guess what you could say to that is the the actual phonics, the mandatory phonics thing did come in in two thousand seven. Whether whether or not it was the phonics check, the mandatory phonics thing came in in two thousand seven. So yeah. maybe that's part of it. But then he also says, in addition, with reference to the ranking thing, in addition, Singapore, Ireland, and Northern Ireland have consistently outperformed England when assessing children in English, despite not legally requiring phonics or adopting the phonics screening check. Part of the reason why England went up in the most recent rankings, so the 2021 rankings, um, is that Ireland and Northern Ireland were excluded from the comparison, basically because they delayed their testing by a few months because of covid Oh, um, right. And then the children were a few months older, and then that's harder to compare. So, so uh, th- th- actually, that's a kind of a that seems like a bit of a just a, uh, a, fact, a, a red it? herring. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, in fact, um, if you but stick them back in, they drop down, back down to sixth, presumably. Other or yeah, so it it doesn't seem as much of a as much of a major. Uh, as much also, of a major rankings. I, like, I don't know. This is a thing of mine. Like uh, to use a sports analogy, right? Um, in 2019 uh manchester city were, fir- were first in the league and liverpool were second and and um two th- in 2020 liverpool were first in the league and manchester city were second and if you just go on the rankings that seems like everyone's the same but actually in, in 2019 manchester won manchester city won by one point and liverpool in 2020 won by like 18 points or something right, like that right. you know like yeah. the, the rankings just tells you doesn't tell you what the underlying metric is and if yeah. they're all just really close to each other in these numbers they could go a long way up and down in a ranking without really totally. anything underlying changing changing very much they're useful in some context rankings mm. but but yeah in, in in this kind of context i think you could be careful of them, that's all. at all yeah. yeah there's another argument about the phonics check itself might track you know so, so we heard earlier that like a much higher percentage of kids pass the phonics check now than they did um a few years ago mm-hmm. uh um, he points to the the SATs. So, just for for a US audience, the SAT is something that you do before you go into to college. It's like a college entry thing, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. But in England, we have SATs, but they're entirely different. They're primary school tests that kids do. So it is like capital letters SAT, but it's 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 a different it's a different thing altogether. Anyway, he what Bowers makes the argument that. The reading parts of those uh, haven't actually improved for the kids who 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 showed the increase in the phonics uh, check in the way that you'd expect if if one was leading to the other. Um, that's in in his responses. We're going to post all these critiques and responses so you can you can have a look. But I, I have to say, overall, I, I do find the critiques quite weak. Um, his, uh, his the critiques of Bowers, I should say, yeah. His own critiques of the meta analysis seem seem pretty spot on, um, and actually fit with my general impression that meta analysis is really very can can be very very dodgy to be you know to be your foundation for for making claims about stuff. Yeah. Um, the 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 responses really seem like they're just like lunging at him and missing every time like because mm. he he responds and he's you can look on his website of like tables of here's where all the claims are you know are are uh are, are wrong and, and so on one point he said that someone had uh had falsehoods in their uh in their uh critique of him and then mm. they threatened him with a defamation Don't lawsuit which is just for fuck's sake, you know. Uh, 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 people are so nasty to each other in this in this debate, and I think anyone who 
makes legal threats in a scientific debate is just like should just be never talked to ever again no one should take them seriously um, no you, that you can't uh, you could again. that's that you can't you yeah we've said before but you just should not be using the courts to determine a scientific yeah yeah so question. stupid yeah uh, but in this case it was just like you know um falsehoods was just meant that you said something that was false not that you deliberately lied like that's yeah. clearly yeah, a, a, a thing that is false exactly yeah anyway yeah, don't yeah. care um anyway so that's really that's really that's really where we are now. We'll post all this online, and I'd be interested to hear if other people have the same f- feeling as me, which is basically like I was quite shaken by this. Like I I I thought phonics was was really solid, and I had seen people saying that it was the scientific mm. consensus that it's really solid. And I have had I have to say I am now uh, much more skeptical of it. And it's not that I think phonics is bad. Just to reiterate, like, and this is Bowers's point as well. Like I, he's not saying that f- phonics should. We should, you know, that we should go to whole language reading because yeah. phonics is bad. I know he's got his own thing, but he's not necessarily necessarily saying that phonics is doing kids harm or anything. Um, it's just that it's it, the evidence that it's so much better than the other techniques. If you read the rhetoric, you would think that it's the evidence would be just sticking out like a sore thumb, and it's really not. Um, yeah, I, 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 I have to say, like. In a weird way, I find this satisfying because the, like, so, there's something about the, you know, I, I'd never looked into this and I'm, no, I, yeah. but there's something about the idea that phonics alone of everything in education and social, all these things, it it's managed to overcome all the, the problems of getting good right. research. And, and like, I, it, it's, I, I've, I'm pleased that my initial years ago sort of vague assumption that the evidence for phonics was crap, like the evidence for everything else is, <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and it fits my sort of general feeling is that to, to some extent, it's about just, you know, choose a thing teach the kids right it's choose a method and teach the kids and and as long as you've you've got good teachers and trying hard it probably you'll be making effects at the margins anyway rather than it's not going to be some huge effect and and so in a way it it makes you makes me worry less right you know like if they're not being (laughs) we're not teaching the kids in exactly the right way they won't yeah yeah i have I've, i've seen that argument made for uh um there, there are those studies of like twins where you have either identical or not identical. I think um, where one uh, a twin pair where one twin is in one classroom in a school and the other twin is in a different classroom. So you can kind of use them as a as a control um, to look at the effects of being in the different classroom or having a different teacher. Um, and uh, um, there's been a couple of those studies now, and I think you find like c- quite small effects in them, like single digit percentages of the variation in you know, reading outcomes are explained by having a different teacher or being in a different classroom okay and uh on one hand if you're a teacher you might find that depressing you're like well i you know i'm not making much of a difference to these children's reading ability but if you think about it again you're also think you, you can also think well actually first of all we must be doing a, a pretty decent job of standardizing uh education because you know, regardless of the teacher, you're you're still going to get a decent, uh, you know, a, a decent outcome. It's not going to make that much difference. And secondly, you're not going to screw the kids up. You know, yeah. like regardless of you know how bad a teacher your kid gets, um, they're not going to end up you know having reading problems for life or whatever just because of that random occurrence of of, of getting that particular teacher and not another one. So you can think about it different ways. Yeah, um, I agree. But, I also but, but, just also say just on that, like yeah. the, uh, this is the sort of thing that Stephen Pinker sometimes talk about. That you, that you don't often see evidence for impacts on 
children's intelligence and things from parenting and from teaching and then and parents often go well what's the point then and all this stuff and then well the point is to give the kids a happy childhood right that that matters in its own right and yes. like if 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 the, if the, if if you the teacher thinking well what's the point in me if i haven't made them you know half a standard deviation smarter or whatever the point is you've in, inspired them and made them enjoy it and had, had, had yes. given them yes. a, a fun year of their life which in which they look back and think oh that teacher really opened my eyes to how good maths was even if yes. you can't then yeah. show a statistical difference that doesn't mean it's not important right doubtless we'll do an episode on parenting where we talk about this in, in more mm. detail but for now let's just uh finish up our discussion of uh, the reading wars mm. I, I just basically think i think um i do agree with you that uh, um there's a reassuring way to think about it but i also find it a bit depressing that a we've had hundreds of studies on this topic decades mm. of research and we still don't really know um what what the answer is and it's another one of those fields where you just wish you could get some sort of conclusion. Um, but secondly, it's also depressing that people have nonetheless drawn a strong conclusion from yeah. From, yeah, from, those, from, from those studies without actually the evidence being there and have turned it into a, 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 a thing which a lot of people believe. Yeah. Um, so there's a rather depressing and uh, also thought. got a massive fight over it and, and and taken gone to the barricades in this way of accusing yeah. each other of stuff and like rather than saying well you know uh, the evidence is may or may not be brilliant but it seems to be working so I'm happy to carry yeah. on and then that which will be a totally reasonable thing to say you know like, I, you know it seems to work in classrooms I'm happy the evidence doesn't have to be 100 that it's better than every other option for me to say this is working fine. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I think as we as we will see, um, uh, we've got a few other topics on the list that are to do with educational stuff. And I think as we'll see with those, people got really get really really angry about this stuff. Yeah, (laughs) you know, um, more than you would more than than you would think. So um, that's it for now. Rather rather uh, downbeat conclusion. But uh, uh, we hope you've found something interesting here. All the show notes and so on are going to be on the website. Uh, thestudyshowpod.com please do subscribe if you haven't already and uh, we will see you in the next one thanks for listening thanks very much guys another time bye bye bye